1: Learn more at marines.com.
2: It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand.
3: Football. Football! Yeah. Football, yeah. Yeah. Football, yeah. Yeah.
0: football, yeah! Football! Yeah. Football! Yeah. Yeah,
2: Gotta eat. Okay, Matthew Collar's here. We were just... Uh, got we'll, we'll keep some of this top secret, but we were just brainstorming football segments, and I was telling you that uh, one time... About six or seven years ago, I got really into a football gambling pool Hmm. where you buy in for a certain amount of money and then you get a fake bankroll and whoever has the highest fake bankroll at the end of the season gets like the largest chunk of the prize pool and sweating San Jose State football games to the spread was like the lowest moment of my (laughs) sports fan life. I was actually sitting at a poker tournament, sweating a San Jose State game, wondering is this all that life has to offer right so, now?
1: So that reminds me that stupid bowl season is here, Judge. Yeah, it yep. Dude, it's and we, here. Have, but I'm, but,
2: and we have a triple header on this uh, station
1: tomorrow. Yes, but i triple oh, hey. header tomorrow. But
2: I am working extremely hard,
4: and so are players around college football who are dropping out of stupid bowls left and right. To make it all part of the – if it's not part of the playoff, it will be gone within five to eight years. I want to
1: tell you We're working hard. some of the games I'm looking forward to most tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Utah State, North Texas, yes. Is tomorrow the, so, is tomorrow the start, too? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, Arizona State, Fresno State, go Bulldogs. Uh, so I'm in on that, that
2: because Herm Edwards is oh, yeah, just so fun figure. That's right. I'm all right.
0: going for Arizona State.
2: <laughs> sure, yes. Herm's um, her been a regular on the. Herm actually did an interview after he took that job and like it was all announced. He stuck to his Roycey weekly schedule because I signed
0: up for it and I've been with you guys for five years. In fact, we had Herm on in the middle of him being on like a recruiting trip.
2: Yeah. That's how he
0: called. I called him to get him on like, Minutes before, like or like twenty minutes before, he was gonna sit down in in a recruit's living room yes, and try like, and get him to come so, play for so the Sun. So, Rudy, Rudy, you're Fresno State. We're Arizona State.
1: Okay, uh, Georgia Southern and East Michigan in a directional matchup. Well, the first one was a directional one: North Texas against Utah State. That's not a that's not directional. State, State is just uh,
0: Georgia Southern. That's uh, Jarek McKinnon's alma mater, right? Ooh. That is, and you're watching. The, yeah,
4: that's right. And you're watching all of these games so now, far, or how
1: many of these games are you actually
2: going to be tuned into? This
1: is the one I'm really looking forward right. to: uh, Middle Tennessee State and Appalachian State.
2: Is that the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl? I have no idea. Football. Don't
1: don't ever ask me the names of the boys. So... So while it's my goal to eliminate
4: these games. This is on ESPN by the way. Someday I see a future without these games. Blue Raiders Mountaineers Judd, you'll be watching these. So here's my question now too. How much does the executive director of each of these bowls make? You think oh, about 250,000 or oh, yeah. so? yeah, 300,000? Yep. A lot. I'm still curious also why the Quick Lane Bowl that the Gophers are going to be playing in in Detroit the day after Christmas. Why that's not here. Because if you're gonna have a godforsaken bowl, I'd well, rather be here than well, Detroit. People
1: travel to Detroit this <laughs> time of year.
2: There might be a bowl game here. It's, don't you think that's in the cards? The stadium's only been open for what, what three years? This is it the could third be. year. It could be. I bet you there's. I've a told thing. you what I want.
4: I want a preseason. I want someone to go to, to the Gophers and say, "Sorry, guys, bleep you. We're gonna have a major college game here in September of each year, like an early season, like a, at at like at the Cowboy Stadium." So we're going to bring in the Wisconsin Badgers to play another big, and it's going to be like a real big college football game, not the stuff
0: that we're fed on
4: a regular basis at TCF or, Bank Stadium. Or
0: like NDSU and somebody playing like a Big Ten team or something? That could be. Well, if NDSU they, well, they play, play the when plays the Gophers, it's, it actually is a legit
2: That's Patrick's, most yeah. seasons.
4: Patrick's idea is to flip-flop that, have NDSU play the Gophers at TCF Bank Stadium as a gopher home game, and then the next year have it be NDSU's home game at U.S. Bank Stadium. Hmm. So I want a big but I want a big time LSU. I want big schools here. But the but I don't
2: think this I it's don't think happen. collars I don't think this is a bit. You do legitimately oh, watch I, more yeah. no, nonsensical I do. bowl games I than do. anyone I've ever met. And why why do you watch these games?
1: Because they're hilarious. <laughs> I mean, oh. the most crazy <laughs> stuff happens in these games. I mean, you get 30-point comebacks, you get punters throwing the ball, you get Long snappers getting hit in the butt with field goals like just the strangest <laughs> stuff you've Some ever seen. Some people do drugs, does bowls. And, and, bulls. and <laughs> but it, you know, you'll get you'll get one on one channel that is 58 to 54 and when You're the teams wrong. try to play defense they just fall down. And then you'll have another game where the quarterbacks are so awful. It's like six to three. And that's fun to watch, too. That's like two hobos fighting each other. And it's, it's tremendous. It's, it's like, all the wrong it's, reasons. Right. It's, and then every once in a while, you'll be like, hey, who's this? quarterback. Who's this offensive lineman who keeps trucking little people or whatever. Little little D1 players that weigh 260 as a defensive tackle or something but there's and then the guy shows up in the draft somewhere. When we get to draft season and they're like that's right. I watched him. I watched a lot of his tape in that bowl game.
2: So how are these? <laughs> how are some of these games like when Appalachian State? Who's Appalachian State playing again? Uh, Middle Tennessee State. How is you. that a viable sporting contest on national television? Oh well, it's programming. You have a great. But, but That's like, how. I know that it is. It's but, just programming. But, but darts is programming and bowling. No, is but programming. it's football. It's
4: football programming. So Th- you, this is the football, football.
2: hour.
1: Oh. You have um, yeah. a key quarterback matchup between Brent Stockstill. and and Zach Thomas. Their parents don't even in this know game.
2: Them. Is that Zach Thomas? Uh, like, uh, that like is Zach not Thomas, Thomas the, Jr.
1: The short linebacker who was really good for the Dolphins. No, that's not. Not him. to be confused
2: with Zach Morris, but both, by the way. Uh,
1: both quarterbacks have very good numbers, so I will look forward to Blue Raiders Mountaineers. Okay. How, how many can you watch in one day? Because I know you're serious. I know I, I know you watch them. I mean, especially if it's a Saturday and the Vikings are playing the next day yeah. and I'm working on something. I can sit in front of the TV and watch game after game after game while I'm just typing away at whatever I'm working at, and it can be like seven or eight hours of just terrible bowl football.
2: What is I, I would I would say that that's probably uh, like the the most aggressively nerdy I have ever heard anyone about sports. What what is your sports? vice, if you will, Judd, or your sports or you, where you go into a dungeon and you really rather not admit that you're doing like said nerdy? things? I mean, I, maybe for you, it's watching random West Coast NHL games on NHL no, Network or something. No, my,
4: my bull equivalent is very clear to me. World Junior Hockey Championships.
2: That's true, yeah. He I makes love, us watch that. Rap. I love
4: the World Juniors. It's just great.
1: Now, I'll say, if you're watching, like, USA Canada, then everyone is. No. But when it comes to, like, Slovakia-Finland, yeah. then then you have gone full bowl game.
4: I'm all in. I'm all into that. Yeah, yeah, that's, I've, that's, I've, that's I my witnessed. like We'll show up. When we used
2: it. to do the morning show, and I don't know, if, if, if whatever the time differences were, and there'd be live games on it you know, 7.30 in the morning as we're prepping for a 9 o'clock start time. And Judd has his body turned away from the conversation and <laughs> yes, feet up yes, watching that's hockey. That's my geekiest. Uh, my my obscure directional teams playing each other bowl game comparison is poker without the whole cards. I don't so, you know what know, that
1: means. Most- <laughs> do I, or How or could you play of. without <laughs> the cards? Poker without the whole cards? I hardly, <laughs> I hardly know her.
2: Um, so, you know, ESPN <laughs> we'll telev- back after this. ESPN televises... <laughs> The poker tournaments, and they show you at least, it's boring, still period, that. but they show you the cards. Well, 10 years ago, you used to be able to, for $20, you could purchase the live main event final table, the $10,000 buy-in final table, but there would be no whole cards, and it's like a 14-hour final table, and me and my poker-loving friends would literally sit there all throughout the night watching these guys with sunglasses and hooded sweatshirts stare at each other and blink and throw chips in the middle for 14 hours. That's probably my
1: equivalent. You know what? Do whatever makes you happy. I see it's a good that, life motto. I see that people make fun of other people who like to watch video games, right? So they'll go on YouTube. Oh, and Twitch is huge for that. Yeah, or whatever it is. And then they'll watch people like go through and shoot other people uh, on their video games or play Madden or whatever else. And that is not my cup of tea because I can play my own video games. But, like, whatever, man. Whatever you want to do is cool. Why do people enjoy that, though? Like, I, I don't get it. Watching eSports? Yeah. Ooh, I don't have a good explanation like, for Like, is it.
4: there? But, I mean, the, the Star, uh, Star Tribune, I think Jerry Zagoda in Sunday's paper did a front-page sports story on that. So yeah, I mean, the Timberwolves this is, just,
2: like, changed their eSports logo. They yeah, an, they so this is team. no joke, but I don't
4: understand, and, and I'm not even criticizing it. I don't understand why you would enjoy watching eSports. I get why you would enjoy playing it. I don't, but I get why you would enjoy that.
1: You guys both look at me because I always talk or about. Playing, or Bill I'm just Madden. I, I always play Madden. I don't ever
0: watch anyone yeah. else. But do people it, do but I watch play it. the games. I don't really watch it, well, other people. Well, play.
2: I, so here's because I don't get it either. But I, just to put myself in the shoes of someone who would sit and watch the esports competitors, what's the what's the difference if if it's not a team that you're emotionally invested in? So if you're a Vikings fan listening, you watch the Vikings because you're emotionally invested in the Vikings. Okay. But if it's a Thursday night game between the real Tennessee Titans and the real Jacksonville Jaguars, (laughs) right? And the final score is five to two. So it's the real teams facing each other, or for a three hour block on ESPN Gamer or whatever, like ESPN, the Ocho, you could watch the two best. Madden players of all time okay, play against yeah, each other. It. What's yep. more
1: interesting? That's the answer because now I've got something even nerdier than me watching bowl games is that I watch analysis of famous chess games <laughs> on YouTube. So like... Like Bobby Fischer like stuff? Ball. Bobby Fischer. And I will sit there and be like... What? How did you even do that? Like, why? Why, why I, did you even make that move? I don't so, think that's worse, I think, Collar.
4: I, I think ball games are I, worse. I, I, I think ball games okay, are nerdier. Maybe because chess is. A, I mean, Fisher and that stuff is actually Bobby really Fisher is a legendary but, figure. Yeah, you but argue. that's
1: Babe Ruth. But I'll be watching like Choyevsky or something eh? from 1906 when he whooped some other dude's ass, and you'll be like, dude, that guy was amazing at chess. So I can see where if you like the different game. Whatever one they shoot each other with these days. If you were like, oh, I, I love this game, but this dude is unreal at it. So watch him, watch all the ass he's whooping right now. Then you could say, okay, I get that. Like, there's, there's this guy. Is it, is it Ninja? This e gamer guy.
2: Oh he yeah, has blue yeah, hair, yeah. and he's he got has like, like a
0: million, million plus followers. Yeah, like and that guy it, yeah. is just
2: super good at. This is what sucks. Okay, when you were good at video games twenty years ago, I dominated Mario Kart. Okay. But there was no YouTube. There was no Twitch. These dudes come along, and they're just good at video games, like we used to be good at video games. And now they make $500,000 a year with sponsors because they put them on... But they're
1: way better than we ever could have been, right? I mean, the (laughs) the things that they must be able to do on these Madden games or these shoot-each-other games compared to us thinking that we were good at it, I don't know. And so... I mean, so, they must play all day long. Are they playing against
4: the game itself, or are they playing against an actual competitor on the other side?
2: Competitors. Yeah, because they, okay, they, so they, they would lose to the how game. Does
4: nin- how does this guy, Ninja, find a person who's as good or can actually give him competition?
2: So I don't think Ninja plays sports games. I think Ninja plays shoot-em-up games, okay. I'm pretty sure. And if there are people who are young enough to know anything about this, I know, yes. feel free to tweet us or Twitch us. We'll launch a Twitch account during the commercial break and
1: you LinkedIn. Can pull we'll link, link on, in pick up your X rotary phone LinkedIn. and <laughs> dial the phone number yes. right
2: now, kids. Uh, but I, I'm pretty sure he plays shoot 'em up games where you know you, you you walk into a room virtually and you you know you're able to pick pick off whatever humans. I don't, I don't okay, know. Okay. so not, not playing. Okay. And, yeah.
1: and the fact that people have turned video game playing into cash. I mean, it's genius. Congratulations to all yeah. of you because I wasted a lot of my childhood, teenage years, and adult life playing video games for no dollars. So, I mean, if you can do that and people want to watch you, then that's awesome. And you know what? I mean, see, my only experience with that is trying to show my wife, like, look what I did with Rodney Pete on ESPN <laughs> that's 2K5. True. That's true. And she's like, please
4: leave the house Yeah, now. she's right, though. I agree with yeah. her on that. Like, I don't care what you did. Oh, like, if you enjoy true. it, good for you. But, I, you know, personally, okay, that's great. Football. Just leave. Hey, we got some football breaking news cool. involving a former Viking that I think we should come
2: back with. Though. Let's do that. Matthew Collar's hanging out from the Purple Podcast. Ah, but before we get...
3: What is it you're trying to say? Now, back to Mackie and Judd. What? On 1500
0: ESPN Alright, let's check traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studio 694 westbound, we've got a crash Uh, That crash in Brooklyn Center It's still there uh, Between 252 and Highway 100 Causing about a 6 minute delay Also 169 northbound Uh, We've got a crash in Hopkins between Excelsior Boulevard and Highway 7. Prepare for an extra six minutes there. And uh, here's the big one, 62 eastbound near Edina. We've got a crash between Highways 100 and 121. 20-minute delay, gentlemen.
2: Thank you, man. All right, we're we're down this rabbit hole. We're going to get to some breaking football news in a second. Collar's hanging out with us. But uh, we brought up, we got into a video game conversation and like nerding out and this ninja guy who has 20 million subscribers on YouTube just streaming his video games. This dude, okay? So real quick, Eric and Egan, you said you went to school with him?
1: Yeah, I'm a couple years older than him. I'm the same age as one of his older brothers. Um, Went to high school with him and I just thought he was a nerd, but clearly I'm the wrong one because he's making millions of dollars and I'm not. What was he like in school? Didn't really know him that well. His brothers, like I said, were more my age. Um, played sports
3: with those guys. They were great family. knew him really well, but never really got to know the brother, the younger brother Ninja. Um, but now I wish I did.
4: So he he went to school in Eagan, or no? Uh, Where do you go to school?
1: Gray's Lake, Illinois.
4: Okay, all right. So like like was he a loner at the time when well, when you saw him hanging no, around? No, not at all. What was he like? Normal kid.
3: Played video games, but not to the the extent that he does now. I'm guessing. Well, but well that's what I was gonna say. A, that
1: did like did everyone know this about him that he was a video game freak show? I don't think so. Man, it, it didn't seem like it.
2: Man. What's his real name? <laughs> Judge
3: taking notes right now. <laughs> What's his real name? <laughs> Uh his last name's Blevins, that's all I
2: know. Yeah, his name is his name is Richard
1: Tyler Blevins. Okay, ninja is much yeah. better than really Richard Blevins Hi, I'm Richard D-
2: Blevins hey, I'm video game legend. Thanks, Eric. I'm Dick Blevins.
1: Are you Dick Blevins, the video
4: game legend? I mean,
1: what is he like sixty-two years old? Football. Listen, listen, Sonny, I'm pretty
4: good at those video games, okay? Can't shake a joystick at me.
2: Football. Oh. Yeah. Alright. What's the breaking sounder? Breaking your sounder. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't know it <claps> rose Mackie to and the judge show. Didn't know it rose yeah. to that level.
1: Also, you know, one of these days, summertime, we'll do this. I want people to call in and just say who they might have met or known once. Like that was I he was in my high school. You're like, oh yeah, follow up with some information. I yeah. don't have any. Yeah, <laughs> like no, but that's great. I yeah, want like, more of those. I
2: went. I went to high school with him. I have zero w- information. One
1: per show. Like, I didn't yeah, even know I, his name was Richard. I went to. I once bumped him to Moeldy Moore in the grocery store. That's it. Oh really? That's what, my, what was he like? No, I, I, I don't I, know. That's true. True. my whole story. Yeah. And hang up.
4: <laughs> All right, caller, you're going to be very happy about today's breaking news from the National Football League. Is this from Jacksonville? The Jacksonville Jaguars have no. signed free agent kicker Kai Forbath. With starter Josh Lambeau ailing with a groin injury. Kai Um, is finally back.
1: Cobra Kai. One day after Blair Walsh's anorexia was revealed by the uh, special teams coach of the Vikings, we uh, get Kai Forbath back in the league. I never understood why they moved on from Kai Forbath. I thought he was fine. I don't think you should waste a draft pick on a kicker. And if you do, don't cut him maybe after two games Or cut him after two games. I guess it doesn't matter. Uh, The only unfortunate part here is that I had a milkshake bet with someone about Kai Forbath's number of field goals for this year, and he's not going to reach it.
2: What was the number?
1: It was over 15. I thought he would make over 15 field goals this year after he was cut by the Vikings because I figured— It is the
2: Jaguars.
1: Well, yeah, that's true. (laughs) They you play, play think they a lot of 18 to 12 games. He doesn't have great range, though. He like he could kick from like 53, That's 54. Fine. So that means they have to get to the other side of the field with Cody Kessler. But how did he? Not, That's pretty tough. What I don't get about Kai is how did he not get a job? I don't know, because every team outsmarts themselves. They think, oh, no, we've found the college kicker. We've found the Roberto Aguayo or Zach Gonzalez or whatever the heck his name was from <laughs> Cleveland who shanked a bunch of kicks and ruined their season. They always think that. They go, oh, this guy's got a bigger leg than old Kai. And then Kai comes in and makes his field goals and does his job. But uh, he doesn't have the big boot. So he, I still, he doesn't get a gig.
4: I still want to find Blair Walsh to ask him, did you feel that you
2: were too fat to kick? I feel like someone has probably feel, tried to reach out to him in the last couple of days, right? I He's saw like the people Vikings tagging
1: writers. him on Twitter. I feel like it has like, to happen. With the story that we posted.
2: Yeah, you can't not comment on that. Someone right. just tap danced all over you with a really weird comment,
4: and so they tried to stop you, and that you didn't listen, and your career yeah. went in the toilet because you you basically tried to get down to one fifteen.
1: I'm still like baffled by that. I know that whole thing. Like when it happened, I couldn't think of any follow up questions because I was so stunned. Does this ever happen to you? Like someone does something to you or says something to you in public, and you're like, "What?" And then like ten <laughs> minutes later, you're like, "Oh, I have so many comebacks." <laughs> and that that was me with like with it. Did you say Walsh lost weight? <laughs> it's, and that's why he became like started shanking kicks everywhere.
2: It's also obvious that Mike Prefer was holding on to that for like yes. well, three years. Yep. He's been holding on to that and he's been taking all these bullets about kickers being terrible. And he just he 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 was driving by the scene of another accident yeah. and he just wanted he just decided, no, this is this is my time to shoot these bullets. Okay.
1: I guess so. I, I wonder why that didn't come out of his mouth when they cut him. Like the it whole wasn't our bizarre. fault. It was his
4: fault. The whole but, thing's bizarre. And I don't and, know. and he also said in, in the same uh press conference that he was that very close to fixing Carlson himself now. Like the whole thing's weird. Yeah. You know? And then like it's were,
1: like, well, I was gonna fix this and I was gonna fix that and it was all gonna be fine. There was another part of it where he said if a player needs a mental coach, he needs to go outside of the facility because I can't help him. Which I think was sort of tongue-in-cheek, but it was also like, uh, you know, your, kicker, your kickers generally have mental meltdowns, so maybe that's not the joke you want to make doesn't here. Doesn't that also sound like
2: the exact—so like? So your job as a coach is to take a player and try to maximize him, right? And so if the player needs a specific type of help or type of coaching, if your response to that is, well, if you need that kind of help, then I'm not your guy, although, you're fired.
4: Although I do think— Prefer And and he and Zim are, are a bad combination because of this. I do think he firmly believes that you should do your job without tons of help as far as because he... But then what's the point of having coaches? I know, but they would get frustrated with, with Cluey about directional punting. And it'd be like, okay, you're asking him to do something sort of tough here. And then Cluey would, would go into Chicago. And every year meltdown, right? Because he was trying to directly punt away from Hester, but it was windy. And you would think that you'd be trying to prop him up and be like, okay, let's work with this. And they would just get mad. And it's like, this is, okay, I get it if it's a linebacker or something, but you're getting
1: mad at like a kicker or punter. These guys need help.
2: Yeah, I and, think and I think you're right. That down prediction about Prefer is probably going to come to fruition.
1: The only thing that I would defend him on is I don't think any of us know when a kicker is going to be good or bad, what's going to make them mentally melt down, right? Like, did Zimmer putting pressure on Carlson in the preseason make him melt down in Green Bay? Or was it just that he had never kicked in Green Bay or that he just hasn't had any pressure situations in Oakland? We've decided he's a good kicker now after 11 kicks in Oakland. But but here's the thing,
2: too. this This was such a first guess in that, they shouldn't have you, drafted him to begin with. Well, right, you you right. came into the year and your goal was to win a Super Bowl. And I remember us having this exact conversation, whatever it was, six months ago, beginning well, I guess NFL draft time. And that if you have a kicker who just isn't used to being in an NFL stadium and isn't used to playing on the road in Green Bay or playing in a playoff game, his heart's gonna race a little faster because he's a twenty two year old dude who's never been in that situation. Do you want are you able to to sort of take those lumps as he takes them? And the answer was no. So you should have self-evaluated when you drafted him. All right, if this dude has a little bit of a learning curve situation, are we just going to cut bait or are we good? And the Vikings answer was, no, we're going to cut bait. Yeah. He missed three field goals and they cut bait.
4: And and the GM, in in this case, is at fault too. Because you got to think there's certain positions that if you are accumulating players for Zim, right, that you're going to be like, he's not going to do great with this guy. Young kickers are number one on my list. Mm -hmm. If I'm getting Zim a kicker, it's a veteran. And I am not joking. Sebastian Janikowski should be kicking here. I would have gone out and gotten him because he would have drank a bottle of tequila, told Zim to bleep himself, and gone out and kicked field goals and been fat as a cow. And you never would have had Sebastian saying, Mike, come here. How do I look in the mirror? Just... Just, I feel just, like I'm fat, Mike.
1: Yeah, that's weird. No, but the, the, the Blair thing is weird. But, but just C-Bass keep, not just be keep Kai. I don't think Kai cares at all what Zimmer thinks. I mean, he's a very much a loner type of dude that was to himself as much as anybody I've ever seen in a locker room, and he would only talk to Ryan Quigley. And this is another thing that was <laughs> sort of insinuated. Have I told you guys the the Kai Forbath Quigley story with me? I don't think so. Okay, so I was doing a piece on kickers and punters tackling. And I went to Kai Forbath and I was like, hey, just want to ask you like a question about like tackling. Like, what's your approach when you see a guy break into the open space and then you've got to take him down? Like, you don't want to hurt your leg, but you got to tackle him. Right. And he was just like, I don't know, man. I'm like, oh, okay. well, it's just kind of a, you know, a thing that happens or whatever. And he's like, I'm glad you enjoy it. Like, oh, what? go, okay, this is weird. But Ryan Quigley's a cool guy, so I'm going to go talk to him. So Quigley is all into the conversation. He's like, oh, I hope I can deck somebody soon. I got totally owned when I was in New York once. I bet you could find it, which I did. And he's like, so we're having this great conversation. He's like, oh, this guy was a great tackler. This guy was a great tackler, different punters. Kai Forbeth walks over to make some sort of lunch plans with Quigley. And Quigley goes... Hey, this guy knows all about it, and and he's like, you should talk to him. And I was oh, like, my God. I did, and then Forbath like glares at me, and I like look back, and then Forbath just walks away, and Click- he's <laughs> like, "What's that about?" And I was like, he didn't have as much enthusiasm for the question. <laughs> well, you know? Is he is
2: notorious for like, being anti media or something, or what's uh, Or is he just kickers? I, or kickers can be really weird. He's man. a
1: just a different kind of cat. I mean, I don't know why. I couldn't find any evidence of him getting trucked or anything. I, I don't know why he didn't like the question, but he didn't seem to like any question ever. So I, I don't know if it was that, or it was really that he just wanted to say nothing. And maybe part of the reason that he's been around for so long yeah. is if you sign him, you know you're not going to read Kai Forbath quotes in the media. When they send the clips to everyone in the organization, you're not going to be like, the kicker said what? You know, you're going to be like, Okay, he's gonna keep his mouth shut, he's gonna go to his corner, and plus, and he's gonna make some kicks. That's just a weird job. Yeah, it's a like, very strange job. like you play the sport with these
4: huge humans who who basically try and kill each other, and then you trot on the field, and your job is to make sure you you make extremely important points
2: by kicking the ball. It's, it's a, a really it's a, it's, weird job. It's very finesse in a in a in a man's world.
1: But like
4: how how
2: many actual football people Like
1: kickers. So there was a guy who spent an entire training camp, a writer. He learned how to kick. He had been like a decent soccer player, so he learned how to kick field goals. And he spent an entire training camp with the Denver Broncos when Jason Elam was there. And then he wrote an entire book about it. And his biggest finding was just how lonely it is that like that guy is very much. And even Jason Elam was awesome, but very much sort of separate from the team. And he went out there for like a 40 yard field goal in training camp and missed it. And he was talking about just like, the crushing embarrassment, uh, because in training camp, they stop everything. It's like, all right, everyone, yeah. we're doing the field goals. Yeah. The fans hush every player standing there watching you. And if you shank it, it is like extreme embarrassment. So there has to be the uh, the mental toughness part of it. And then you also have to deal with, you know, that if you make them, everyone will be your best pal. But if you don't, they're not going to talk to yeah, you. Yeah, and Really, quarterback and kicker
2: are the only two positions in football most often where you're just on an island and when you screw up, everyone's staring at you when you screw up. If you're a left guard and you blow an assignment, I mean, you probably have to go back and look at the film to see that you blew the assignment. So.
4: And you've got your guys, though. Like your, your guys right, you're are like there. part of a group. So they're like, yeah, yeah, the Ted, offensive you, line Ted, you screwed up, yeah. but we'll, we'll got you back yeah. next time. Yeah. If you're a kicker, it's like, you're just an idiot.
2: Uh, when we come back here, Mike Zimmer with an interesting uh, piece of advice we can go over for Kevin Stepanski calling his first game as offensive coordinator. And we'll wrap with Ricey later on, too. The Mackey and Judd Show
3: will continue in a moment.
0: So long, losers! On
3: 1500 ESPN. <laughs> Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackey and Judd are back. Okay, man. On
0: 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check traffic one more time. It's brought to you by Lucky's 13 Pubs, five Twin Cities locations. You can find them online at luckys13pub.com. 169 northbound, we've got that crash in Hopkins still, causing a 10-minute delay. It's between Excelsior and Highway 7, and uh, 62 eastbound, we've got that crash, too, Any diner between Highway 100 and 121, and that's causing a 14-minute delay, gentlemen. Football Tyler, tell us, I see that Mike
2: Zimmer's back to being open to talking about the offense again after a day off, so that was good. It was nice. Um, what did he say about Kevin Stefanski in his first game as offensive coordinator?
1: It really is a day-to-day with what you're going to get out of Mike Zimmer. Um Well, first of all, that they have run through sort of mock scenarios throughout the week to try and practice getting Kevin Stefanski up to speed on how the pace is going to be. Because Zimmer described how difficult it is that you get 25 seconds and they cut off the communication with 15 seconds. So, do the math, you have 10 seconds to get the call into the quarterback, and that's it. And you don't get a whole lot of time to think about it, and it's not sitting there in practice and looking at your script or whatever else like you got to get it into the quarterback or you're in trouble and uh, he was just talking about the hectic nature of that and and giving them the advice of not being concerned about a bad call that he said every game Zimmer makes bad defensive calls and he's one of the best defensive play callers in the NFL but sometimes you screw one up and the offense beats you and he was talking about the whole thing of it's the players, not the plays. I asked him what that really means, and he was talking about that, is that sometimes you'll make a bad call and players will, will bail you out. And you you can't dwell on that. You can't dwell on, like, oh, I screwed that up or anything else like that. And you also have to trust your players what they can do and what you have there, that you can put them in the right positions and then whatever happens is going to happen. But if you get overly frustrated, you're you're not going to be able to concentrate on the job you're doing.
4: Is Stefanski going to be upstairs or downstairs?
1: Do we know? Uh, he is going to be downstairs. No, Which means or, Zimmer can um, get to him the quicker. Yeah, oh, I thought yeah. he might distance himself a, a I, little bit. I don't think either one makes any difference, right? I, I wouldn't think Nora so. Nor was upstairs. Well, would you guys rather be. DiFilippo was downstairs. I'd prefer to be upstairs. Because you don't Calling like in contact? Or... Uh, no, because I
4: can see more and and my position Food. coaches can talk to players. Yeah, the press box. Yeah, yeah I much is prefer by. I much prefer to have the aerial view. No, if I'm calling plays, I'm serious <laughs> here. I, I want the aerial view yeah. from the upstairs. If I am if I'm on the field, I see chaos.
1: Yeah. If I'm above the field, I see developments. So I think the biggest thing is Kirk That's Cousins, Kirk Cousins and Kevin Stefanski being able to communicate. I got the sense from multiple comments that the biggest upgrade that they're going to have here for all the players is being able to communicate with their offensive coordinator and feel like they're being heard. And that it just does not sound, there have been way too many subtle little comments about John D. Filippo that it sounded like he was making it his offense and his offense alone, which might've been fine if he had followed Norv Turner. Cause a lot of guys might've said, wow, Okay, I mean this is just how it is. But they followed Pat Shermer, who I don't think it was any mistake that uh, John or that uh, Kevin Stefanski quoted Pat Shermer in his first press conference. Like it was very obvious. Like remember the guy who did really great. This is how he did it. That's how I'm going to do it. So that would be my expectation and my observation about this team has been it has an absurd number of smart players. I mean, on both sides of the ball, but like Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, like these guys know what they do well. They know what succeeds. And uh, Kirk Cousins has been with Sean McVay and uh, Kyle Shanahan before, who got great seasons out of him. All of these guys know what works. And so if you're not listening to them, I mean, that's just a mistake. And there was one comment about, I think it was from Zimmer, about the whole coaching staff being involved that I thought might have even insinuated that uh, the rest of the offensive coaches, Kennedy Palamallo, Daryl Hazel, Stefanski himself, weren't so much being involved either. That they were sort of being told what to do, which is not really a great a great plan either. Man,
2: I feel like you should. That's a, that's another knock on Zimmer. Right? That that's something that you should be able to sniff out. I would think in your conversations with Filippo okay how collaborative are you I'm not right, right. or is he lying it's well, hard to tell or I do guess. background
1: work on on the person but but I mean everyone has the right things to say and his team won the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback and I you know I think it's this is one that's easy to second guess in hindsight but when it happened we all went, Oh, well, right. this is the guy who worked with Nick Foles, and he got two coaching interviews, like head coaching. But to Phil's point,
4: it's on it's on them to, if this guy is not going to, to take advice, to find that, that out as quickly as possible. Like, that's a really bad thing to deduct with three games left.
1: Well, that's true, I but them. through the first five or six games, they didn't have a bad offense. But over the last five, Kirk Cousins is averaging 6.4 yards per attempt, which would be bad in 1994. But you always want collaboration. Well, no, I I mean, that's that's true, but I'm saying that you wouldn't have fired him after they put up 31 points against the Rams or anything. So, I mean, it's only really a recent development over the last month and a half that the offense has gone in the tank, and then you see the frustration building. And and that's the reason something really had to happen was when I went back and looked at that game on tape, the number of wide receivers who were throwing their heads back, throwing their hands up in the air, you had to do something to take the pressure off Cousins because this entire week would have been about cousins being an 84 million dollar bust yeah. football
2: hey, you want more on matthew you can go or if you want to avoid him the, the place to either go or avoid is 1500 espn.com the purple podcast it's up to you guys I don't, I don't get it no if people just either want to find or avoid you 1500 espn.com is where you What's stick your flag me? in the ground that's where i'm at 1500 espn.com on the purple it. podcast Now We're going to wrap with Ricey when we come
3: back. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Just a reminder, this station does not endorse this. On 1500 ESPN. Now, back to Mackie and Judd.
0: Hello, boys.
3: Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. What do you think?
0: (laughs) It's pretty cool, I guess. On 1500 ESPN.
4: Time to wrap with Royce and uh, Patrick. Let's start with this one. When I was a kid, it seemed like for a long time, winter meetings in baseball were fantastic. You guys would all go. You'd get tons of news. There'd be tons of trade. What the hell happened Mm -hmm. now? It's a media creation, basically, where there's nothing but speculation for a few days, and then everyone's
3: done. Most of the ones I went to, Calvin was the boss, and we could always count on at least a Rule 5 draft. You know, I don't even know if we call it Rule 5 then, but on... At least if you stayed there all week on Thursday, they'd draft somebody and you could write a story. This year, the Twins didn't even bother to do that, and they didn't lose anybody. Uh, I was hearing uh, some uh, theories on this. I think Dombrowski's theory on this is that everybody is so cautious now and does so much research that they don't get there and pull the trigger in two days. You know, you know, You almost have to... The only trades you're going to see is if the groundwork was really traded, mm-hmm. made at the general manager's meeting. But, and somebody I, I heard today, I'd forgotten this. There used to be, after the winter meetings, there was a period of time where the interleague trades were banned. I heard this right. last night. Yes. Interleague trades were, so the, the only time you could make interleague trades during the winter until, I don't know, January 15th or something, were in dissent were at the winter meetings and that, that kind of encouraged mm-hmm. more deals to be made but uh, yeah I mean I think the people in a complete panic here are the baseball writers who are continuing to try to convince their their editors to send them to exotic locations yep. uh, For I know I talked to Lavelle last night he's very nervous oh, he's, <laughs> he's nervous very nervous about year? his future of the winter <laughs> meetings <laughs> having gone issue, well you know the twins made more news at the General manager meetings and at least, you know, than they did here. So yeah, it was a it was a waste of everybody's time. And they don't seem at all, you know, embarrassed by not I don't think there's any pressure to do something. You know, I mean they don't they don't really care. You know, if they make a big trade at the winter meetings that two thousand people aren't gonna call up and buy tickets and stuff. Yeah, like they more. just those all, days are all over They
4: just so. all text now. They don't You know mm. what we need again? We need the return of good old-fashioned booze to baseball. Oh, that's right. We it's need the, drunk executives my favorite, who do uh, My favorite things.
3: winter meeting story is the, Paul Owens, uh, the Pope, as they call him, because they said he looked like the Pope. And he was both the general manager and the uh, manager, you know, for a while there, the Pope. And the Pope had a bit of a drinking problem. And the Pope's right-hand man was Huey Alexander, super scout, and he was a right-hand man because he didn't have a left hand. <laughs> He was a hot. He was a hot. He was a hot hitting prospect, and from Oklahoma working in the oil refineries down there, his hand got caught in a uh, in a you know one of the pumps, and he they're out in the middle of nowhere. They had to go uh, drive like forty miles to find, as he said, an old Indian doctor mm-hmm. who uh, who basically gave him a big jug of whiskey and told him to. Told him to start drinking, and they sawed the damn thing oh. off because it was mangled. And Huey used to always say when he was hammered, he, he always did this. He had the, the finger and the thumb up in the air, and he always said, and that bleep and bleep hurt <laughs> when, he was, when they were sawed. Oh. So anyway, Huey was his right-hand man, and the Pope made some trade like at 11 o'clock at night. And then came to Huey and said, I just drank it, blah, blah, blah. He was, so the, Huey had to call of the, the other guys the next morning and says, that trade don't count, the Pope was drunk. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was the old winter meetings and now uh, I don't think Falvey and Levine and the boys go out there and get hammered. No, you
4: know? no, the writers still might for all I know, yeah. but yeah, the, uh, the well, executives Vegas, don't.
3: Uh, Vegas is uh, a dangerous place to have the winter meetings, I would think. But you know what? The other thing is with the 24-hour news cycle, if you're covering it, it's not like the old days because all we had to do was, you know, we'd run into each other at 10 o'clock in the morning and say, you got a trade you want to make so we can so we can write, you know, this would be a good trade. Right. That'll be our rumor for the day. And then we go have liquid lunch, and then we'd go back in the afternoon and see if somebody actually did something. <laughs> And then uh, and then we'd finalize our story, and, you know, you were only writing. I was writing for two newspapers, but, uh, you know, it was just, it was a lot of BS. And you were blogging. In while, once in a while, yeah, it was, once in a while there would be an actual uh, trade made, but not. I'm trying to think if I was ever there when the Twins did something important. I was maybe at seven or eight of them, and yeah. I don't think they ever did, you know. Drew
4: got traded in
3: the winter, but it was not, at, not No, not he didn't, at get, the traded beach, right? he didn't okay. get traded until February. Okay. traded until February, that lasted all, uh, that drama lasted all winter. And uh, Calvin was, I remember going in to talk to Calvin, and the Yankees wanted him, you know. He said, I ain't trading Carew unless they give me Gooder or Guler. And I figured out that was Gidry or Gullet, you know. But, <laughs> <Cooler>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the highlight of what I went was Calvin's birthday party. Calvin's birthday was on December 1st, but he would, Hold his big formal birthday party on the first night of the winter meetings would always wherever it was, and they'd get some big exotic restaurant, and the twins' delegation of twenty people would have dinner, and then we baseball writers we'd sit down at the end of the table and get in on the free eats and drinks and listen to the listen to the commentary. Well, was, that'd be great stories. Oh yeah, it was great, and uh, but yeah, it's the winter meetings. I mean, this it's such. I just heard. The new guy from the Mets, Van Awagen or something? Oh, the, the, new the agent for DeGrom before this, yeah. Yeah, and it's just oh, he's, nonsense. It's oh, he's, just nonsense. I mean, Levine talking about why they didn't call up Buxton yep. isn't more nonsensical than what this guy's saying. Oh, I think this it's guy... Just, it's just, it's all salesmanship and there's this no... This guy practices nonsense constantly, I think. That's why I'm happy that Dombrowski won the World Series because he's, like, he's got to be the oldest GM, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And, you know, with some old-time, let's-make-a-trade kind of stuff, and, uh, you know, he won the World Series. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really uh, not worth the trip, not worth the effort well, right Tell now. Lavelle that. No, God, no, we don't want Lavelle to—Lavelle, uh, uh, that would— that would spring training or the this is winter is meetings warm-up. go away, Lavelle's not going to be yeah, doing well. Yeah, well, this is—you know, it gets Lavelle in shape— what he goes through for six weeks in Fort Myers, you know, like the eighteen-hour days, or it's a lot of training, right? Yeah, yes yeah, right. He's the winter meetings. You got to learn. You got to get back to staying up 19, 20 hours a day. You know, before you uh,
4: get to the winter meetings. So, do, do you think our Vikings uh, whoop up on the Dolphins now that we have I, a new offensive coordinator? Now, now that Zim's I think,
3: I think they uh, whip up on them, uh, whether they had this offensive coordinator or the previous one. This is a very good time to pretend like you're making a dramatic change because you got Miami at home, you're at Detroit, which, you know, you always beat, and then the Bears are going to be playing you with nothing to play for. So Stefanski can look like a genius, just like Joe Rossi looked like a genius, and now then next year we'll find out. But uh, Zim will celebrate. I have uh, authored a column that will appear in uh, tomorrow's uh, Star Tribune that's Somewhat critical of uh, Coach Zim. I hope
4: Coach Zim's daughter doesn't read it.
3: She oh, doesn't take the. Oh, crit- she will not, not like it. She to go well,
4: through all of the she social media. will media. not like
3: this. I have decided, as 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 things have progressed, that he's really a nutcase. I think Zim's a nutcase. I think he's you know that's I mean he's goofy. His his impatience level. I looked it up. They gave Blair Walsh forty-two games when Zim was the coach. Yeah. to get rid of him, this guy got two. Yeah, this guy got two.
4: He's got no. Yeah, <laughs> for- no. Got,
3: but you can't pull a plug on a fifth-round draft. I know you were for it, but you can't pull a plug on a fifth-round draft. choice After two but, games, but here, you traded up for him. But yes, but how do you? But
4: here's my question: How does the GM draft him knowing Zim's his coach? You knew this. he
3: this guy. This guy hates quarterbacks. He hates kickers. He hates offices. Well, my suggestion is don't pay any attention to him, Spielman. Don't. You make all personnel decisions. Don't tell him to make an appointment if he wants to come to see you in the office to discuss matters. He's also the reason they didn't take an offensive lineman in the first round. You know that, right? Of course he is, yeah. He wanted Hughes. Of course he is. Everybody's ripping Spielman.
4: There's a lot of Ticey here in some ways. Yeah. The impatience and the getting frustrated but, but, and bleep this, that's very, that's a lot of Ticey. Oh, it's uh, down to the flag coming out sometimes when he looks up at the scoreboard and decides he should challenge
3: a play before anyone tells him to challenge. It's off. Uh, he's, he's, you know what? When he okay. ran off nerve, or Norb, it was nerve. He hit the nerve with Norb and uh, got rid of him. It's very offending when, when he, people say that. When he, night, he right? yeah, well, which is, you know, let let him continue to lie then. That's fine. Uh, and, uh, when he ran him off that's because it was the first season he had expectations, right? Yeah. It was the first time they expected something and he, you know, and now this year he's supposed to go to the Super Bowl. Yes. And whenever the he feels the weight of expectations, yes, his impatience increases. Yes. And uh, you yeah. know, he the can, red ass becomes redder. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's uh he's getting, you know, he's 62 now, right? Yeah. He, yeah, he's he's now. yeah, he's getting crotchety now. he's getting crotchety. But, but anyway. that's what, but that's why they're win Saturday, Sunday though. But Miami's got a lousy defense, and half of them are hurt. You know, but this is why I think they could come back next season and be okay
4: because the expectations are going to be down nationally for them. Might he, have a new coach hates.
3: or GM only if he or. walks
4: away. I, I guess Gestling reported that they each have a year left on
3: their contract. They're both signed through 2019. Yeah. So, well, hey, don't. Spielman's recruits want him. To, don't 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 Zim's recruits want him to know he's going to be there five years? Don't we have to give Zim a four year extension? I have no we got the, the no recruits. You're about. The recruits have to know that he's going to be there. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, how P.J.'s got to get a, co- a contract extension after every year? How now. come NFL? Pl- Coaches never came up with that. You know, if we're if we're if we're trying to sign free agents, they have to know well, I'm going to be here for the length they, of the contract. They, they they try and get the extension with
4: one year left, but they don't get this deal where they, where it goes four years out. This is no. the greatest. PJ has oh, been here is. three
3: years now and gotten two extensions. Yes, yes he has. But it's it as I it's not unique. They all nope. pull the same scam. They all pull the same scam. So Our, we're trying to come up with a nickname. Yeah. You know, we had Larry the Axe. Yep. Somebody suggested. Philly, the axe. So I'm trying to decide whether it's you know you what know, the axe. He's got the axe. Philly, the axe. Or Flecky the Axe. I can't figure out which one we're gonna call. be. Flecky, Flecky the Anything Axe. Flecky, Flecky. We call people Flippy. Yeah, I'm sick of call, just family. calling him. I'm just sick of just calling him Phil. I I might have to call, start calling him Flecky the Axe. That'll be. Good.
4: And you do realize, for the second time now, you are competing
3: against yourself yes, right now because you're on FM 107 yeah, talking pop uh, culture. Yes, we're taping this, and I was just uh, I was just talking to Laurie and. It was more fun doing it with Julia because I could say, "What the hell are you talking about?" But Lori's, you know, she's organized, man, and she's got scandal after scandal that I don't know anything about. It. So uh, I just hope you I think, think this just, would uh, be Drake you know, Kanye. This won't be really one and read. done, but it could be two and <laughs> <after> done. <today. laughs> all right, see ya. We're done.